Welcome back to Weird Distractions Podcast, a podcast where we chat true crime, conspiracy theories, and paranormal. I'm your host, Christy. And Alex. And this week, Alex is chatting about something in England, as far as I know, or somewhere over in Europe. But to begin with, Alex, tell me what the distraction is. We need a distraction from the fact that this is our <laughs> 17th time trying to record. We're having technical difficulties, I think. We're having extreme technical difficulties. So, unfortunately, we are recording remotely. The last two episodes we were able to record together, but we're, we're depending on Skype Daddy to do its magic. And you know what? It's just not working. Right now, I'm looking at a box because Christy's <laughs> screen just isn't working. There's been weird echoing. There's been weird feedback. I have also had a, a bitch of a time trying to say our intro, so Christy took one for the team and did it. So that's my need for a distraction. How about you? Um, on a more cheery note, um, this distraction for me actually is we do this stuff for fun. Like we always distract each week from our like just hectic, depressing life that I have going on. But this week is just adding as a bonus cherry on top to my good week because it's been a good week for me, actually. So we get to record. I uh, got good news about my car. My car sadly got hit by somebody while I was driving it. That's bad news. Boo. But today it's been cleared, so it's getting fixed by them. It's all paid Yay. for. I pay nothing. Yay. And I went on a hike today and I got outside. It was really pretty. And it's just been a great day. So Christy's seasonal depression is out the window. Yeah, I'm no longer sad as acronym, S-A-D. I am now happy. <laughs> Oh gosh, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. Because yeah, the whole car situation, that was a headache on top of a headache on top of a headache. I was so mad. I was like, how does this bitch fucking hit me? Like, <laughs> how do you not see me? But I uh, know. It's, it's all good now. So we're happy. We're, we're so happy. However, there is one thing I do need to address before, a little bit of housekeeping before we get to our Irish folklore. Was oh, that what it was? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Hey, hey, it's Europe. fine. It's 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 over there. It's over the pond, so to speak. So Perfect. just a quick address. There has been in the news, obviously, a lot of well, not a lot of good coverage, but coverage regarding Asian hate crimes, um, which I'm not even going to like I'm not going to get too, too into it because I will get really upset because honest to God, like it's 2021 why are we still hating each other? Why are we still hurting each other? It just blows my mind. But anyways, uh, I do just want to address that John and Patrick from the Dumb Found Dead podcast, they are our pod friends. We love them to bits. They have released merch. Uh, it's referred to as Stop Asian Hate. Like that's what's on the shirts, stickers, sweaters, what have you. So 100% percent of the earnings from the merch line go to the aapifund.org which is a really good organization it's just it's a really good way to support our fellow friends who are going through it right now and if you can it's on redbubble which that's where actually our merch is so if you're already looking at our merch please look up dumb found dead podcast and check out their stop asian hate merch once again, it's on Redbubble, and if you like us or you're listening to us, you should also be listening to the Dumbfound Dead podcast. It's hilarious. It's amazing. John and Patrick literally kill it in terms of puns. Like I, I, I try and be punny, but they wear the literal crowns for puns. So that's just my little housekeeping that I want to address before we dive into our folklore today. I love everything about that. Yes, everyone should yes. go look, go support. 
Yes, and stop hating on each other, okay? Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. So this week, as mentioned, we're talking about folklore. It feels like forever since we really have talked about folklore. Like, I think the last episode was The Crybaby Bridges, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. So this week, I originally, originally I wanted to talk about leprechauns because of St. Patty's Day, which... I'm happy you didn't. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. And to be honest, I'm sure there's people that are still hung over from St. Patty's Day and want to gag every time I say St. Patty's Day. So Mm. sorry. But I did want to kind of give a nod to our Irish friends because I've been to Ireland. I love Ireland. And why not talk about them? They're a great country, great, great people. So this week I'm talking about the puka, which can be spelled P-O-O-K-A, P-U with a little exante U. Exante goo. K-A or P-H-O-U-K-A. So it's spelled very different ways, but as far as I know, it translates to the puka, which interesting. I'm here for it. I love it. It's adorable. Let's get into it. As mentioned, the puka is an Irish folklore creature classified potentially as a phantom fairy that also shows up in Scotland, Wales, and more, according to the Irish Central article by Leo Casey. The puka also goes by Puck, or the Pook, which I love it so much. Like, just its name alone, I, I'm just in love. I just love it so much. Uh, but it goes by a lot of names, but for for my sanity, I'm just going to call it the puka. So, like most folklore creatures, every region has its different story. I'm going to try and cover as much as I can, but do realize that... There is a lot of information, but also not a lot of it. It's one of those things where there's information, but there's not a lot of it. Like there is, but there is a lot, but like stuff that you don't want to use technically. Exactly. So the puka is known as a, as an animal like spirit. So it's a, it's considered a phantom fairy, but it's also kind of classified as an animal like spirit. If that makes sense. I don't know how they differentiate. I'm not going to get into it. I don't have the mental capacity. It is what it is. It is what it is. It's essentially a shapeshifter, which is kind of cool. So it can shift from both animal to human with the ability to speak like a human, which apparently a lot of shapeshifters don't have that ability. So the puka is really fascinating because of that, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So when it's in its most common form, i.e. as an animal, uh, it's described as consistently having black fur, golden or red eyes. Based on the pictures I've seen, it kind of looks like a huge rabbit or like a hare uh, and apparently has a long tail, like despite what it's what it is. I don't think it has a tail when it's a human, but I could be wrong. Who knows? I I haven't seen it. Can't confirm or deny. Some resources claim that apparently the puka is often seen as also being a horse. Um, Specifically, I read on the Your Irish website. That's kind of one of the most common other shape shifts it takes on so to speak so it's like a full horse it's not like half of half or whatever they call no no centaurs centaur i I don't think so i don't know i'm making it up (laughs) i don't know i'm just here so but yeah it's it's it will shape shape shift fully into some formal being so to speak okay So the puka is known to reside in the mountains or hills of Ireland. As mentioned, this is kind of more of an Irish folklore creature or Celtic creature, so to speak. However, as mentioned, they seem to kind of show up in other areas. So it's 
It's not specifically Ireland. That seems where most of the information comes from, though, is from Ireland. But they do kind of give a nod to, hey, this also can come up in other European places. So, hey, you weren't really wrong with England. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place. Geography is everywhere. It's what it is. Is what it is. We know where we are, and that's that's about as good as we can get right now. <laughs> so, uh, according to some, the puka may have originally been a European god named the Boga, or an Irish goddess named Danu. Uh, I don't. I think that's where they may have came from. I don't know if these gods created the creature or if they are like a descendant. It didn't really specify. But another origin story may come from another country, which is interesting. Because as mentioned, there seems to be heavy ties in Ireland. But once again, it's, it's all over the place, so to speak. So according to the Connolly Cove website, there are these paintings located in a cave called the... Oh gosh, and I forgot to jolly finish phonics this French, but uh, bear with me. The Les Trois Ferres, located in southwestern part of France. Probably butchered, so apologies. <laughs> apologies to our French listeners. Uh, the paintings in the cave show a person wearing a skin of a horse and a wolf, which some have thought it's maybe a representation of the puka since it's a shapeshifter. Once again, can't confirm or deny it's it's all a mystery. So because of these paintings, apparently people think that the puka may have originated from France. Like that was kind of like the first nod to the puka. But who, who's to say? We don't know. We're not certain. Hence the folklore. It's what it is. Exactly. There have been connections between the puka and the devil, apparently. And of course, there have been connections with the boogeyman. Uh, essentially that the boogeyman had apparently came from the puka. And the reason why the puka is connected to the devil is because it's kind of, it can, they can be kind of chaotic. The best way to describe a puka would be, it's a kind of a chaotic neutral in the sense that they can sometimes be helpful, but they can sometimes be really, really problematic. And I feel like in modern culture, Satan, so to speak, like in Sabrina or uh, Lucifer, what have you, the devil or Satan is always kind of seen as kind of being helpful at times, but then sometimes really problematic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why they think maybe the puka is related. But once again, who's to say? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so because it can shapeshift from animal to human, this allows the puka to be really kind of a trickster with humans or allows it to have the opportunity to be a trickster uh, because essentially it can transform into a human and pretend to be someone it's not and convince the human this is a you know their new neighbor joe from down the road when reality it's a puka why are you trying to be friendly with your neighbors if that's what you're trying to do like be more uh, make something cooler or maybe they're trying to get their tupperware i mean tupperware is really expensive maybe they're trying to borrow their neighbor's tupperware i don't know some sugar. <laughs> Just can I borrow some milk? By the way, I'm totally a human. I'm not a puka. Don't worry. That's in my case new, you're wondering. In case you're wondering, that's going to be my new intro line anytime I talk to new people. Is by the way, just so you know, I'm not a shape shifting folklore creature. <laughs> just to clarify, people will walk away. <laughs> people will literally walk away. They'll be like, "Oh God." And then you tell them you're a podcaster and you talk about weird shit, and they're like, "Ah, it makes sense." I think they'll still walk away. <laughs> they'll still walk away. Kind of an example of the trickery that they do is when they're kind of in horse mode, which <laughs> is literally what I put, and I'm sorry, but I had Give to. Give them some horsepower. Yeah. So 
Based on the Your Irish website, when the puka is in horse form or horse mode, once again, because it sounds more stealth, it can potentially lure drunk pub goers into taking a ride on it before getting bucked off far, far from home. So essentially, it's it just, I don't know. I don't know how it tricks it to get on its back when it's a horse. I don't know the, the nitty gritty details, but that's just what I've read. So I feel like if someone's super drunk leaving a bar and there's just this horse chilling outside, that's the first thing they're going to do is want to jump on it and go for oh, a ride if you're a, drunk. A, so it's a, not even tricking them. It's just like, here's a treat. A thousand percent. It's like, ride me. Like, you might as well. You're already yeah. there. Come on. Let's do it. Right? Which also you're going to so many bad decisions tonight. Let's keep going. <laughs> this also sounds like we're about to talk, like, something sexual is about to happen. But it's not. As far as we know. We don't know what the puka's into. Oh, oh, weird, weird. So <laughs> some parts of this folklore claim that the puka will actually take the riders home. Like it might start off as kind of like a trickster situation, but eventually they'll take them home and you know, make sure they're safe. So once again, it's kind of like that chaotic neutral of, you know, it's potentially a trickster, but potentially it's it's nice and like helpful, which is kind of confusing. What I consider it little horse Uber. <laughs> Did you say horse Uber? Horse Uber. Oh my gosh. I thought you said like horse whore, as in no. like calling it a whore. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Christy. Horse Uber. <laughs> it's not all bad though. Like I feel like I'm kind of shitting on the puka, which that's not my my take. That's not my stance. But apparently the puka has given great advice when it does talk to humans. You know, it gives it life advice. It they can tell you what you should do. They can kind of help you. It's not always like a trickster. It doesn't always have stuff up its sleeve to try and like get you to do something or whatever or like try to get you in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Or like ruin your day. Um, but this advice can apparently either lead them away from danger supposedly or sometimes to confuse humans though. So this then we get back to the chaotic neutral of things, right? So it's like one minute we're like, oh yeah, like, you know, this puka is really good. And then the next minute you're like, oh, now. <laughs> It's not. No. <laughs> no. Uh, there have also been claims that the puka is a bloodthirsty, sinister creature, according to the All Monsters Go to Space YouTube video. This could be another notion that there are ties to the devil or just something dark in nature. But I haven't seen or read any stories that actually back this up further. It's just It was just kind of like a statement, like, oh, yeah, they're known for this. And then it kind of went on. Um, like, unless you're going to give me a situation where, like, they were murderous and, like, killed somebody or, like, well, their bloodthirsty title is they, like, did something. Like, no. Yeah. I'm going to believe that. Exactly. And speaking of which, so they've also been kind of tied into potentially being vampires or, like, in relation to vampires because they only come out at night, supposedly. But once again, not a lot of stories other than, you know, potentially when they're in quote unquote horse mode, they take pub goers out on a ride. In which there's no mention of anyone being blood sucked or anything like that. That one sounds more fun. Yeah, exactly. But even then, like, how how does that make you a vampire? Like, I sometimes, well, I used to only go out at night. I thought you were going to go into, like, some weird other, like, little thing. I was like, I sometimes am a vampire. No. <laughs> I sometimes. I was like, where are we going with this? Yeah. Like, this is a weird podcast, Alex, but, like, tone it down a bit, okay? I don't, what the, what the fuck's going on over there? <laughs> so... I'm not sure as to why in particular, but with folklore, there can be statements that just get passed down without further details. I may have also perhaps missed something in the reading. I don't know. I don't think I did. But 
folklore is a really fickle thing because, as mentioned, sometimes a statement can be said to one person and then they take that statement and it just gets tied into the story. It kind of becomes like this knitted blanket of story from story from story, like passed down through generations and each generation adds something to it. So I don't necessarily think that the puka is like a vampire or like a sinister thing. Do I think it's chaotic neutral? A thousand percent. I think that they are tricksters. They try to help, but sometimes they're also not helpful. I mean, once again, we don't really know. This is kind of the, this is the fast facts that we have. Uh, But one thing we do know is that the most common theme with the puka is that it's associated with agriculture, such as crops and harvest. Local lore in County Down, Ireland, apparently describes the puka as a little hobgoblin who would randomly show up at people's homes demanding a share of their crops. But there's a lot more to this lore that we're about to get into. Apparently, Halloween and end of October is typically when the puka will feast on surrounding crops, making November 1st the day that they essentially tell the locals what berries or plants are worth eating that they've planted, right? So they're kind of, they're kind of like your uh, trip advisor when it comes to food, so to speak. I don't know, or not food, when it comes to crops, so to speak. So they tell you of your crops what's good and what's not good. Yeah, pretty much. They they, They want them? Yeah, they will they will eat a little bit, like they're kinda of like samplers and I'm like, eh, oh, okay. this is good and this is not great. You know. Sound kinda of like a rodent, but okay. Yeah. Three stars out of five, try better next year. I don't know. <laughs> Even uh though they are able to speak to humans, they use a very different way, a, a very different method in telling humans what isn't worthy of eating. Can you can you guess as to what how they tell humans, like tell us what is good and what isn't good in terms of our crops? I don't know. They weirdly do some weird vomit with stuff they don't like, or I don't know. You're not wrong because they use their mouths by spitting on the berries that we shouldn't eat. The berries are plants that we shouldn't eat, so to speak. Gross. Yeah. So think of it as, you know, kind of like a local foodie telling you which restaurants to go to and which ones to avoid. Once again, a trip advisor, food guide, in a really gross way okay in a really gross way yeah so this has actually become sort of an event that is still celebrated to this day so this event called the Samhain is considered a religious festival originated from ancient Celtic spiritual traditions so in more modern times the Samhain is usually celebrated from October 31st to November 1st to celebrate the summer coming to an end and the, quote, dark half of the year beginning, according to the history website, a.k.a. when seasonal depression slowly starts seeping into your everyday life. Mm, me don't like no sad. Yeah, no, me neither. I'm it's super. It's been super nice out lately. And I can just feel the seasonal depression just like slowly come off of me like a like a hair mask, so to speak. Like you're slowly washing it out like, oh, yes, happiness. Where have you been? Shine on me. Shine on me. Or as Lady Gaga would say, rain on me. My. (laughs) (laughs) And that is my Lady Gaga impersonation. Anyways, the time frame of the festival is believed to be when the realm from the real world and the magical world is the thinnest. And AKA when the puka is most likely to kind of come out, maybe do a little bit of shape shifting, maybe hang out with us for a little bit, what have you. Apparently, those who were attending the festival or do attend the festival uh, would wear animal costumes to avoid being kidnapped. Once again, a little bit of trick 
trickery is going to happen because we're dealing with pukas, right? And we have to acknowledge the fact that they can be a little tricky, a little bit mischievous, so to speak. A similar festival still happens now, as I've kind of mentioned. I've been using present terms. So the Puka Festival, which the description from the festival's website reads, and this is a direct quote, over three spectacular nights across three festival locations in Athboy, Droghead, and Trim Castle, we salute the Halloween spirits through folklore, food, myth, and music. At the festival, there is much more there in terms of Puka, in terms of like other creatures that like other folklore creatures or what have you or identities that are celebrated mm-hmm. uh they they also acknowledge the morgan which is the goddess of war and i apologize if i pronounce that wrong the fear Durag, which is uh, a practical jokester that loves fire which cool and <laughs> finally the bowen which uh is described as having the head of a white cow and being a graceful goddess which i feel seen so <laughs> there's that. Didn't realize. Didn't realize. It was a little depressing for a second. I was like, that's a weird mix, but okay. <laughs> weird flex, but I'm here for it. Uh, of course, due to COVID, unfortunately, the Puka Festival uh, in person has been canceled. Apparently, yeah. I know, apparently people were able to celebrate this past year. So in 2020 from their homes via a live broadcast. Interesting. Which isn't the same, but like you know, it's just it's just what we've had to adapt to, unfortunately, right? Mm-hmm. Sadly. But yes. So speaking of kind of more about the puka in pop culture, because yes, the puka has also been in movies and TV shows. Um, we kind of see the puka roughly around the 1950s in the movie Harvey, starring James Stewart. I've never seen the movie. I. Never even heard of it until I did the research. So it was that old. I've never heard of it. No offense. No, it's okay. That's okay. So the description from the IMDB website states, quote, due to his insistence that he has an invisible six foot tall rabbit for a best friend, a whimsical middle aged man is thought by his family to be insane, but he may be more wiser than anyone knows. As mentioned earlier, the puka has apparently sometimes been seen as being a rabbit. Like, even when I was Google imaging it, it kind of came up as, like, this large rabbit hair-looking creature. Okay. With the ability to shapeshift, right? So, I I think that's kind of where that connection comes into. And, of course, uh, the the character is, like, kind of trying to help this guy, but... In the same time, it's also causing him problems, which, once again, chaotic neutral. Mm-hmm. Good, but not good sometimes. Yes. So another movie where the puka has been portrayed in is the 2001 movie Donnie Darko, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Jenna Malone. In Donnie Darko, the puka takes on a more sinister approach, according to the description on the IMDb website. After narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes. So once again, a little, little hint of that chaos. I still have also not seen that movie, but that movie kind of sounds a little bit terrifying. A little bit. Plot. Right. So yeah, there's that one. And then in terms of TV, the Puka debuts in an episode of the Hulu horror series called Into the Dark, which actually aired back in 2018. So the IM, 
DB website, which thank you for your service. We appreciate you so much, uh, describes the episode as, quote, a struggling actor takes on a seasonal holiday job as the mascot for the year's hottest new toy, Puka. However. Furby. Okay, Puka. However, after putting the costume on, he develops two personalities, one for himself and one for Puka. Which, once again, chaos. Just chaos. The costume that actor Nyasha Hatendi's character, Wilson, has to wear, to me, looks like a cross between a rabbit and a teddy bear. Once again, acknowledging the puka's most commonly seen identity as a rabbit or a hare, right? Mixed in with a teddy bear, because why not, right? It has to appease kids, so you have to make it a teddy bear, apparently. I don't fucking know. Of course. So once again, there seems to be a tug of war in between, like, in terms of whether the puka is represented as good or bad, helpful or hurtful. There are some connections of the puka being in video games and even uh, apparently some sport team's mascot. But I kind of figured the TV and the movie discussion of it would be a little bit more interesting because I don't. I don't really watch sports, so Me I didn't. Either. I would be like, "Oh, a rabbit mascot, cool." Neato. Next. <laughs> yeah. Next. So to kind of summarize all of this, uh, although it seems to be undetermined whether the puka is bad or good or what it kind of is most commonly seen as, I know I've been saying a lot of the rabbit and kind of making that connection, but we also have to acknowledge that it can shapeshift into other things such as a horse or a human or who knows, maybe a bird. Whatever it may be, I think the main thing to take away is that this folklore has been hopping around for many, many years. You can't see my face right now, but I'm giving you the face. The pun face. <laughs> the pun face. So I think the most intriguing part of the folklore in terms of research was its connection to the Samhain, like that whole festival and that whole celebration, and how it now has its kind of own festival. So it used to be kind of focused or like kind of celebrated through the Samhain, but now it has its own, you know, Puka festival and other folklore identities are celebrated in this festival too it's it just i don't know to me it was really cool i would love to go to these festivals in a post-covid world so like i think in we the should books for next in the books yes i think we should add that to our own little bucket list in terms of maybe where distractions goes to ireland i don't know uh and if you've ever if you're listening and if you have ever gone to a puka festival please write us let us know tell us how, what it was what it was tell us what you experienced because it sounds really fun Sounds like a party. It, it essentially is a party. It's a massive party, which is great. And that's the puka in a nutshell. Interesting. Yeah. So shout out to my resources. The Irish Central article, The Irish Legend of the Puka by Leo Casey, November 10th, 2020. Your Irish website, The Puka in Irish Folklore, May 23rd, 2020. No author. Paranormal Girl on you uh, on YouTube, The Puka from Irish Folklore, published or uploaded September 23rd, 2018. The All Monsters Go to Space YouTube video, Puka Puka Irish Mythology, January 26, 2018. The Connolly Cove website, digging into the secrets of Irish Pukas, once again, no author given. Uh, Emerald Isle website, Irish and Celtic myths and legends, Irish folklore and Irish fairy tales of Ireland, the rider of the crossroads, the Puka. Once again, no author or date that I could find. 
history website article on the Samhain by History.com editors, which was published on April 6, 2018. The Puka Festival website, imdb.com, and finally, the Cryptic Corner podcast, and their uh, episode of this is The Mischievous Puka, which was uploaded on October 25th. 2020 and i do want to give a quick little shout out to other podcasts that have also covered this topic the puka uh so once again the cryptid keeper wicked unreal myths and mysteries the skulls circles stories of myth folklore and legend darkness radio spirituality and magic with a k podcast texas podcast massacre love the name uh the saw the saw wind stories the chase and shep show uh, which they actually cover like the Puka Hulu episode where I kind of mentioned a little bit ago. So that sounds really cool. And finally, the By the Dancing Fire podcast. There's probably more that I missed, but those are the ones that I saw. And once again, I did listen to the Cryptid Keeper. So that was cool. And yeah, that's that's it. That's the Puka. That is put a bow on it. Send it down to your neighbor. Tell them it's not from the Puka. Give them their Tupperware back and call it a day. That is a source list, my friend. But thank you for the story. That was very happy for today. Keeping all my happiness. Yes. So I'm going to give a shout out to um, uh, how you can find us. So you can listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We would love you to go on, give someone a review. Some stars would be great. Or any other platform you guys listen to podcasts on. Uh, you can reach us at our email, weirddistractionspodcast.outlook.com. Feel free right now to send us in some listener stories. We're kind of collecting those. Also, feel free to send in some questions. We're coming up to our Q&A episode. So yes. if anything you want to know, please ask away. Yes. You can also, again, other platforms, Twitter, Insta, you can find us Weird Distraction. Feel free to go over to our Patreon page. Um, again, we're just Weird Distractions. We've got the two tiers going on, some bonus content. Feel free to, if you have the, the funds, if you want to support us that way, then uh, do that. If you have no a little bit of funds, there's also buy me a coffee. And more funds, there's our merch on Redbubble. Just search us. But again, just any support is great from you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. And you're our weird friend. You're in our little weird circle now. You can't leave. Sorry. We're a weird fam. Exactly. We're a weird fam here. And if you need a distraction, we got you. Bye. Bye. So fucked up. It's fucked up. So fucked up. It is just so damn fucked up. That's fucked up. This is That's So Fucked Up, a podcast about cults, murder, and other fucked up stuff. Like, really, really fucked up stuff. He cut off her nipples, tore out her heart tied it to a rope and hung it on the wall. This cult has everything. Magic, rituals, child sacrifice, cloaks, daggers, and even a little arms dealing. The fucking sharks ate Mark under the dinghy. Strangled him to death so violently that he ended up asphyxiating on his own vomit. We're your hosts. I'm Ashley Richards. And I'm Cameron Dexter. Join us every fucked up Friday on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. That's fucked up.